0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: sims Surgicality.
0: We need more surgicality in the drop-back pass game. I'm not sure surgicality is a word. Uh, no. There is a chance that we, we do have another Chris Sims accidental scholar it's surgicality.
2: Simsisms.
0: There are so many definitions out there, you can never be entirely sure whether or not a word is indeed a word. We officially concluded that surgicality, not a word. Simsism, not Chris Sims accidental scholar good morning and i'm glad we're not in person because i would be motivated today christopher to find a way to get you to slap me that would be my goal i want to be slapped like chris rock that wasn't a slap i mean that was
1: a punch that was like the most amazing thing ever i know i want to be like screw sports here for a few minutes let's talk about what we saw last night i mean were you watching by any chance on live tv I mean, that was like a real punch and one of the most awkward, weird moments in the history of TV. That was
0: amazing. I mean, did you, like, I don't know, Mike, were you watching live by any chance? No, no, I I quit watching it because nothing ever happens. So the one night I don't watch any of it, and I watched none of it start to finish. I would check social media to see who won because I was interested to see how Coda would do because it was one of the best movies I ever saw, and I was very happy that it won Best right. Picture. Yeah. I'm happy that the man whose name, of course, I either have forgotten or never even knew, won Best Supporting Actor. He yes. played the father he- in the movie, and they won yeah. the writing award. It was awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's worth your time. It's awesome, and I'm not overselling it. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those movies I knew nothing about. Those are the best experiences for me. Nothing about it. Hey, Jill, there's this thing on Apple TV called CODA. Let's just start watching it and see if it's any good. And like after five minutes, like, oh, this is great. And it kept getting better and better. So I may have oversold it a little bit. Here's my theory. Yeah, well, Here's good job theory.
1: not paying respect to them last night watching the show. What a jerk you are. Well, okay. what do you mean paying respect <laughs> to them? I
0: paid them my money. That's all they care about. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me just, let me give you my theory here. At a minimum, at a minimum... Will Smith knew damn well what he was going to do, at a minimum. At a minimum, he said, if he tells a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, I'm going to do this. It wasn't something he he improvised, at a minimum. This is my theory. At worst, the whole thing was staged, and I'm not willing to say it wasn't. It's Hollywood, for crying out loud. It's an award show that nobody watches anymore, at least not like they used to. I remember they used to try to tell us a billion people watched it, like, to find the billion people in the world who give a crap about a bunch you of truth. You sound like you're getting very heated
1: about this, like no, for I no am. reason. I am. Well, I, I am. Mean, it's like it's, weird. It's, it's, it's a, like, wait, it's something it's not, that happened and you're going to go down conspiracy whoa. mic theory yes, and get mad at yes. it.
0: Yes, <laughs> put the graphic up. I'll get my cigarettes out. <laughs> hey, come on, man. You, d- 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 it's. I'm doing. I don't know. Exactly but you, like if the, you watched it live,
1: I would have maybe listened to you, but you didn't. So your the theory sucks to me. Yes, thank you. Cross that out. Yes, it was awkward. They turned is off that the sound that of a filter. He was crying. It? I mean, the guy was crying on TV. Chris Rock is not that good of an actor. I've seen him in every movie he's ever played. In. <laughs> that's he's not. That's the so, best argument. Boom. The best so, argument against it being
0: planned is Chris Rock sucks as an actor. Now, that's I mean, a good decent comedian. Not a good actor. Do maybe, you, maybe maybe they practiced it. Maybe, he's maybe got they act, did. Maybe this is his way to try to land a dramatic role or two. See, I can cry <laughs> as long as somebody punches me in the face first. Uh, I'm uh, just having some fun uh, with it. I'm I, suspicious of anything Hollywood does. I'm suspicious of anything Hollywood does. I, I, I anything Hollywood does. Right. So <laughs> I, I, if anybody, l- l- let me put it this way, Chris. If anybody is going to concoct and stage something like that to boost its sagging awards Sure. Share, Sure. It's Hollywood, right? I, I listen, Mike. I don't disagree with you there, but this
1: one was just too natural. The whole show changed. That's not supposed to. Look. Well, nobody That's know how. Idea. Nobody knew how to talk on the mic anymore. Everybody. I mean, it was so. <laughs> it was so awkward. Like the show totally lost its energy to where I would have a hard time thinking it wasn't real. to just off of that. It really was. It was, I mean, and, and people kind of made fun of Will Smith. I feel like a few people took shots at him because Mike, the greatest thing too, is his acceptance speech. Cause the guy won best actor, but nobody's going to remember anymore. Cause he punched somebody in the face during the show. His whole acceptance speech was about love and caring for each other. That was the best part of it. It was like, wait, were you there earlier tonight, Will, when you punched the guy in the face for a G.I. Jane joke? Were you there? And then he was going to give this whole thing about love and respect and how he's fighting for those people in the world. It was the damnedest, freaking weirdest thing I've ever seen.
0: And if it wasn't staged, if that just was a spontaneous, natural reaction, it really is odd. And I don't think it's appropriate because we understand the right. way these award shows work. Yes. N- nothing is off limits. I mean, my God, he would have taken a machine gun to Ricky Gervais at one of the Golden Globes in past years if he's going to slap Chris Rock over whatever it was that he said. So I- He called I- I his just- wife
1: G.I. Jane too, and... You know, because you know, she has a shaved head, right? Right. That, that's what he said. Right. So I, I don't know if that deserved getting punched in the face. You're right. Maybe a she little She has bit.
0: alopecia. Yeah. She has
1: alopecia. Maybe a little below so. the belt shot there for sure. But, uh, you know, then my wife reminded me too. I mean, they, they're, all their issues with their marriage had come to light in the past year and how they split up and all that. So I don't know. Maybe that played into his feeling, you know, that he had to defend her
0: even more. I don't really know. It's crazy. Well, re- regardless, we're look, we're talking about it to start an NFL show the day after the Oscars. Yeah. And my guess would be 24 hours ago, whether it was planned or not, the goals of the people who put on the show were to give us something we would be talking about everywhere the next morning, whether it was completely spontaneous and not contrived at all or... Meticulously planned and at a minimum rehearsed between Chris Rock and Will Smith, or somewhere in between, mission accomplished, motion picture academy. You got to go because watch. This is what they want.
1: You got to watch. Not right now. I know, no, not, not right now, not right not now. Right I right now but it. I promise you, if you watch, you're going to go, wait. Okay, this is really awkward. Like, I mean, my, my wife and I were sitting there. It was, it was it was about as awkward as you can imagine. And then, of course, Will Smith was at one point. They cut the mics off for the show. You go through a thirty second like dead spot mic, and you could read Mike on um, Will Smith's lips. I mean, he sent
0: you the I sent you the the feed that has the language. Oh, you it. heard it. I did not. not, I, did not yes. I did not see that. I did not
1: see that. I sent it this morning. Okay, Sorry. so it was just this morning. Okay, good, good. I did not realize that. So, but either way. It was it was can't miss TV for a few minutes. It will help their ratings, though, nonetheless, to, to your point.
0: Well, and next year, I will definitely tune in <laughs> in the event that Will Smith slaps someone else or Chris Rock gets slapped by someone else. Although I have a feeling Chris Rock probably won't be showing up next year. And if he does, you know what will happen? You know what will happen? I can already I already see it. He's going to come out with like a football helmet on or something like that next year. Like he'll yeah, be there yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. And
0: and they'll make a big they'll make a big joke about it. It'll be a running gag and right. they'll 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 completely overdo it by the end of the show. Probably. That's what happen next year. But we'll watch next year. We'll watch next year. Uh and I that's that's what they're that's, that's what, they're what they do. want. That's what we're all trying to do. We want you to watch. I mean, I understand this. Not that Chris and I are going to stage any violence, although We have had violence on the show and it hasn't been staged. It's his giant meat hook that gets slapped onto my head or my shoulder or my sternum. He's trying to pull my heart out like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Oh, Mom Shiba. Oh, Mom Mom, (laughs) Shiba. That's right. Um, All right, let's get to it. Uh, The. League meetings are happening in Palm Beach, Florida. And as you can tell by our backgrounds, we're not there. But that's okay because we'll still get you up to speed on everything that's going on. Push the ball forward. Talk about all the things that people are talking about. We have our correspondents on the ground. We'll know what's happening. And one of the things going to happen, Chris, and it's unavoidable at this point, fire sale for Baker Mayfield. Hot potato for the Browns. they got to move on from the $18.8 million fully guaranteed salary. Everybody knows it. Sometimes when you try to trade someone, your leverage is, well, if you don't give us an offer we like, we'll just keep him. And I don't think the Browns are going to play that game because they are carrying an $18.8 million cap obligation, and they owe him that money unless they unload him. Or if they end up just cutting him, they owe him that money minus whatever he makes somewhere else. I don't think they want to cut him because I think if they do, he makes a beeline to Pittsburgh. But the goal, while everyone is together at the Breakers Resort at Palm Beach, is for the Browns to find someone who will gladly take Baker Mayfield without the Browns having to pay any of the money. And to that, I say good freaking luck because they're not going to find it. I wouldn't think so. I'm I'm with you. I I guess,
1: you know, you look at the scenario to go, all right, well, what's the scenario? Maybe that they do find somebody. Well, they got to get, you know, one of these teams that's sitting here without a quarterback in their musical chairs. So they gotta get two of them to get involved. Like we've talked about before. I mean, it's, it's a little like any trade scenario. And I, I don't know, Mike, do, do you have the feel that there's going to be more than one involved in wanting Baker Mayfield or one that's going to be so desperate that's going to say – okay, we'll bid against another and start that? That's where I don't know if I really see it. You know, Like, alright, let's just take the four teams. I mean, we got the Falcons. Do they want to jump in the Baker Mayfield thing right now in a part where they're trying to figure out their franchise for the future? Up for
0: the draft. Right, exactly,
1: draft. right. So there's, there's too many things, right, that they're building, figuring out. Like, they're not going to jump in the Baker Mayfield conversation. You know, you talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, maybe that one makes sense a little bit, right? I mean, I can get behind that houston there is that but again it's a team that's in a rebuild there is davis mills we know nick casario maybe had interest in baker mayfield we heard those rumors in new england that they liked him up there when he was coming out in the draft but are they going to do that and kind of you know make a trade i, I don't know about that either and then there's the could have been part
0: of the deshaun watson exactly deal. Could have been, well, i mean if they were right. they could have him already. exactly
1: right so there, I mean, th- then you get down to the Panthers, and you go, the Panthers really going to go from Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield? So, to your point there, I look at really the only team that I really think makes sense is Seattle, and I don't think, yes, that there's going to be a trade market for him, and then eventually what you said will happen, and he'll be free, and he'll
0: pick the team he wants to play for Here's the thing that we can't lose sight of. Baker Mayfield has a ton of leverage here because he's due to make 18.8 fully guaranteed. He doesn't have to agree to anything. And if a team comes sniffing around to trade for him, all he has to say is, I'm not so sure I want to play for you. Do you really think anyone is going to give up anything of significance to take on Right. An $18.8 million fully guaranteed obligation for a guy who doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Sorry, Seattle, I don't want to play for you. Sorry, Atlanta, I don't want to play for you. Sorry, Carolina, I don't want to play for you. Who do you want to play for? I want to play for Pittsburgh, and I want you to cut me so I can go play for Pittsburgh. I mean, And I haven't heard that. It just makes too much sense to not happen. If the Steelers could get Baker Mayfield and stick it to the Browns and yeah. manipulate the circumstances to get Baker Mayfield sufficiently fired up to go... Play as well as he ever has in his life for the Steelers in that division against the Browns twice a year. And he's clearly better than Mitchell Trubisky. Some Steelers fans, when I introduced the topic the other day on PFT, were like, oh, we don't want him. Well, you've got Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sorry, I'll do respect, but Baker Mayfield is better than Mitchell Trubisky. Baker Mayfield has had four seasons in the NFL. Two were good, two weren't. That's good enough. When your options are Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins to say, if we could get this guy for $1.035 million a year, and the Browns have to pay the rest of it, the Browns are going to be paying him $17-plus million a year. I'm sorry, I can't do the math that fast. And we're getting the benefit of his services. Yes, we're going to do that in a heartbeat. And that's what the Browns are trying to avoid. The question is, how far do the Browns push it before they just cut the cord? Do they... Let it get awkward. Do they let it get as awkward as Will Smith and Chris Rock? Do they let him show up? Does he want to show up? I don't think he will show the no. On the surface, why right. would he show up for anything? The other side of it is, yeah, you show up. You deal with me. Steve McNair yeah. in Tennessee when they were trying to trade him to the Ravens back in 2006-ish, 2008-ish, where they didn't want to let him in the building. There was a grievance. There was a big brouhaha over. You got to let him in the building. Got to let him work out. Got to take the risk that he gets injured and nobody else wants him, and you're stuck with his cap number. I mean, if Baker Mayfield wants to push this, he can. So I love a good story, and the best story could be the Browns don't do anything, and Mayfield decides to create as much chaos as he can to get his way out. And all of this is happening under the umbrella of him possibly going to Pittsburgh. It's a great story that kind of fell out of the sky in the aftermath of the deshaun watson trade.
1: oh it is i mean it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because we got you know the the thing is too of course we know we got a spot for him in seattle okay i mean it makes sense there and then i think we you know we kind of mentioned the other teams carolina you're like do they really have the guts to do that part three that sort, that's you know, sort of move. The Falcons, I don't think they're going to go that way. You know, the Pittsburgh thing you bring up, Mike. It's interesting. I haven't heard anything like tangible or any rumor to think that, but I will agree with you at a base level. Yes, he is better than Mitchell Trubisky. No, no question about that. I'm not going to argue that. Now, you know, it, from everything you hear in Pittsburgh and what we even heard, heard towards the end of the year, it did seem like they were. In, interested, intrigued by a quarterback that can move a little bit and do some of the quarterback design runs and the RPOs and the read options. And not that Baker Mayfield can't do that, but running's not like his, you know, his his go-to or his calling card. Trubisky has a little bit more of that element. So I, you know, again, I don't know if there's really anything there with Pittsburgh, Mike. I don't. I'm sure they're going to look at all options too, but there's probably a part of them that's going. Wait, I mean, you know, well, do we really? Do we want to get stuck with Baker Mayfield? Maybe we have a different vision of the way our team's going to play. You know, with with one of these quarterback sets we fancy in the draft that you brought up already, kind of with with that conversation there. So that that to me was, I don't see it happening. I guess is what I'm saying, but. Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback in the NFL. A handful, a pain in the butt, and there's limited seats here, and it's kind of crazy that we're sitting here now going, wait, who is Baker going to start? Is he definitely going to start for somebody? And when is this all going to happen? And I think really when you just lay it all down, it is going to ultimately be a release. Nobody's going to trade for him and he's going to have his team and I'm going to bet, I would bet money right now that it will be the Seattle Seahawks. That would be my choice.
0: I think that We hit the nail on the head as it relates to the timing because at this point we're close enough to the draft, roughly a month away, that it may make sense to wait and see what happens if teams that are targeting quarterbacks get the guy they want or they don't get the guy they want. Because why would you rush into a deal for Baker Mayfield now when there's a chance you may get the guy you want? Yes. Why would you take on his salary now? Why would you give the Browns anything of value now? They may have to do a Brock Osweiler hot potato trade, and it would be fitting because it was five years ago that they got Osweiler, what was at the time, a 15, million, no, $16 million contract, and a second-round pick. They kept him through training camp because they figured we're paying him. We may as well keep him around. They eventually cut him. He goes back to Denver on a one-year deal and is a backup there in 20. 20- 17, but the bottom line is right now the Browns aren't going to get anything close to what they would hope for. Maybe something happens later. Maybe something transpires later, whether it's you don't get the guy you want in the draft, your starter gets injured in some fluke accident, because really it, I mean, I know we can count on quarterbacks getting, no, we count on other players getting injured. Like if we just kind of assume it's going to happen, whether it's in the off season program, training camp, preseason, regular season, whatever. Quarterbacks, it doesn't happen as often because they're protected. They're yeah, bubble wrap. Right. In practice, in regular season games, in preseason games, I mean, the rules protect them, and they're less likely to have a serious injury. Of course, as I say that, I guarantee that somebody's going to slip in the shower today and tear an ACL, and there goes the market. Here it is for Baker Mayfield. But you know, Chris, to the extent that it's Seattle, because I think I saw yesterday there was an article from Mary Kate Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer addressing issues that we'll get to about Baker Mayfield, but. She mentioned Seattle and Carolina. Well, it's already been reported Carolina's not interested. And why would they be interested? They they need to get away from the frog kissing thing. Yes, we exactly. talked about that last week. Good way to you put just it. can't keep going around from yeah. guy to guy to guy to guy and hoping that one of them is going to come a franchise quarterback when he hasn't been anywhere else. You need something better than that and the only way you're going to get him is in the draft because all the franchise quarterbacks that we know about don't want to go to Carolina. So I think they're going to draft somebody I can't see them taking on Baker Mayfield, but you need to set it up as Seattle versus Carolina to get Seattle to come to the table with something more than you can give us a sixth round pick if you want and pay $5 million of his salary and we'll take him off your hands. Or they may be even driving a harder bargain than that. I mean, you know, anything at this point for the Browns, as long as you can send him to a team other than the Steelers, that's a partial victory. So I could see a team say, Yeah, we'll give you a conditional seventh round pick. If we sign into an extension, you can have our seventh round pick in twenty twenty three, but you're paying seventeen million of this. We're not paying it. You're paying him anyway. You're stuck. Hey, and it's it's you know, it's the cost of doing business with a franchise quarterback. They need to view it that way. When they throw 230 million, fully guaranteed it to Watson, there's another eighteen point eight million. Liability that is part of it, yeah. and they just need to accept that. And I think that you know, if I'm negotiating with the Browns, that's what I say. You just need to put it on your tab for what you paid to Deshaun Watson, because once you did that, it lost it's a all sunk power. Cost yeah. in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yep, that's right. They lost all
1: power. You're right. And then their their only hope is that two teams do get involved. And yeah, that's it just it. Doesn't seem likely for the scenarios we kind of threw out there. It doesn't. So they're stuck. You know, again, I think it goes back to a little bit with this situation where I know I, at the day after we heard some of the rumors, you, and I mean, of course, as I talk to people around the NFL, it's just when they talked to Deshaun Watson, I thought for sure they had a plan already in set for like, wait, if Baker Mayfield doesn't work, we got something here to trade him, get rid of him. They had a deal already set up in case Watson signed. I mean, that to me was one of the more shocking things of the last few weeks was, oh, wait, we're going to go for it with Watson. Oh, wait, you're mad? Wait, Chippy Baker Mayfield's mad? Wait, we didn't read that right? Of course he was going to be mad. What? I mean, come on, it's Baker Mayfield. He walks off press conferences for questions that are, you know, just tough football questions. And so, yes, he was going to get upset. What, what, what do they expect? That to me is where they're in this problem now. I just can't believe they flirted with a guy and didn't think that their wife that they're married to here was just going to be like, oh, it's okay. No worries, honey. You keep flirting and it's all good. I'll be here waiting for you at home. That's where that, I'm shocked by that.
0: And then Will Smith comes up and slaps somebody and says, my wife's effing name out <laughs> That's the out third of time mouth. you brought um, it up
1: today now. <laughs> Good job. So, Well, it fit. It, fit, it, it does. Works. It might it, fit. It, Let's it, see how much we can fit it today.
0: <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, they, they, they blew this. And I go back to January 9th, the final Sunday of the regular season, when they were putting the word out to reporters that they're going to go forward with Baker Mayfield this year. And then out of nowhere, they flirt with Deshaun Watson. And then the report is, well, well, we told Baker Mayfield's camp that if we could get like a really good quarterback, which Baker <laughs> isn't, then we were going to make that move. But since it didn't work, everything's fine, right? Baker, you're fine, right? You, you've, we, we want an adult at quarterback. Here's your chance to prove you're an adult. I mean, the whole thing's a joke. And they just have to accept it. And now they're trying to play chess with people who who already have put you in check. You're already in checkmate. And and they know it. These people are smart enough. They understand it. They see through it. They saw through it. And you're just going to have to bite the bullet. You're just going to have to move on unless you're willing to keep Baker Mayfield on the payroll, on the roster. That's all they got. He's got the right to show up if he wants to be there, like Brett Favre in 2008 when he rolls in late July when they didn't want him there. I mean, that's the thing. Baker Mayfield was going to hold out. That was the report. He was going to hold out. He was pissed off. He was going to stay away from everything. Now that... Now that the Browns can't unload him, I think Baker Mayfield's attitude needs to be, I'll be there for everything. I'll be there with bells on. I'll be your six-game replacement for Deshaun Watson. I mean, think of all the PR stuff that's going on. We haven't talked about the Deshaun Watson press conference, which was anything but a celebration of Deshaun Watson's arrival to Cleveland on Friday. Miles Simmons and I spent the whole hour of PFTPM breaking that thing down. But there's a weird cloud hanging over Cleveland right now. Yeah, there is. And if Baker Mayfield shows up in Berea for the offseason program, that, that just... It's just going to be weird, and the Browns need to cut the cord sooner rather than later. They're really, it right? Very well. Be they have to cut him. I, that, that to
1: me, it just it's it seems kind of blatant. Like you're 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 screwed. I mean, he's he has all the power too. It doesn't even matter. You know, to the point you brought up earlier in the show, Mike. It just okay. You know, so what? They get two or te- two or three teams involved in a bidding war. Back to your point, if he just goes, wait, I don't want to play for Carolina. I'm not going to play. Um, there's no way, there's no future. Okay, that's over with. Oh, wait, but now what's the other team? I mean, he really, they've they have put themselves in a the spot where they, they don't have much say here. And they would have to have two teams that are truly desperate that Baker Mayfield would want to go to. So that's another, you know, factor of this where I just, uh, again, I, I think you're right, the writing's on the wall here. It's just a matter of time. Cut him, let him sign with his team
0: and figure it out and and, you know, figure out your books that way from there on out. The bottom line is, in order to thread this needle, the Browns need Baker Mayfield to cooperate. Why in the hell would Baker Mayfield cooperate with the Browns Mm -hmm. right now? I think that he should be uncooperative just to prove a point. You threw me overboard. You kicked me to the curb. You lied to me. You told me that I'm your guy. What, What a shock. I mean, I'm sure that that's a lie that gets told very often. In the NFL, you're my guy, you're my guy, you're my guy, until you're not my guy. But when you're the guy that's been here and you're my guy, you get pissed off of course. when they lie to you. you. You've been there. Yes. You were there with Gruden. You're my guy, you're my guy, you're my guy. Who are you? Yeah. No, It, it it's
1: uh, – it, again, it hurts your heart. It hurts your soul. You think there's more of a deep connection or meaning there at times. And that's where players, you know, can be hurt a little bit, you know, because you just go, wait, I thought this was a little bit more than just our normal – a normal business connection. And, and I'm sure Baker Mayfield feels that way. Of course he does. He's the number one pick of the draft, you know, for, for their organization. And he was their starting quarterback. And not only did they like flirt with a guy. And again, a guy that we know has got, you know, a, a checkered history here, Forward with them, and then went the extra mile to go down and meet with them and really go that way. That, to me, is when you start to go, whoa, like they're really begging this guy to come here. They really want him. They really don't want me. And that's where it does get personal, and you start to go, all right, maybe I need you know, a different
0: we, – we all need a different start and a different energy somewhere else. But I've got no compulsion in any way, shape, or form to cooperate with the Browns as they try to turn this chicken bleep situation into anything but what it is yeah a little interesting note that came out yesterday Joe Thomas longtime member of the Browns one of the legends I feel bad for him because he was there fully within the period where they were bad his rookie year they were 10 and 6 and didn't make it to the playoffs and then afterward never even sniffed a playoff appearance he said on his podcast with Andrew Hawkins that Baker Mayfield turned down 30 million per year last year Mary Kay Cabot reports citing an unnamed source that it's 100% false and totally erroneous. Now I would like to have somebody on the record in response to somebody who's on the record saying Yeah. He tar- I I mean I don't cuz I don't know who's saying this. Right. But I think I I think that this is a simple one to to break down. Last year, knowing what the Browns knew then, they would have paid him 30 million a year. He probably wanted 40 million a year. And Cabot says in her item they never had substantive talks last year. Well, if you get the sense that the team's in the neighborhood of 30 and the players in the neighborhood of 40, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Oh, right. So I think the more accurate way for Joe Thomas to say what he said would have been Mayfield could have had $30 million a year last year. The Browns were willing to do that. Why wouldn't they have been? Why wouldn't they have been? Based upon what he did in 2020, based upon the fact they got to the final eight, the arrow's pointing up, all indications are this guy's got what they want, it wasn't until week two when he blows out his shoulder making a tackle after an interception that it all fell off yeah, that's right. for the Browns this year and it never got right again. Yeah, they would have given him 30. And and I think, the, I think the fact that somebody from the Browns shot that report down or at least tried to tells me that they are tiptoeing around Baker right now. They don't want to rub it in his face. Hey, Baker, you could have had 30 million last year. See, <laughs> you stupid ass. You could have had it and you didn't do it, and now nobody wants you, you idiot. Of course they're not going to do that because they need him to do them a favor. Yeah. So I think Thomas is right if we say Baker could have had 30 last year and didn't want it. And I say, why would he want it based on what everyone knew last year? You know, here's what happens when you bet on yourself, folks, because we hear about it all the time. Hey, he bet on himself. Oh, hey, good job, Jimmy. Yeah. You bet on yourself. Right. Sometimes you bet on yourself and lose. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, and let's call it what it is, Let's call it what it is. He bet on himself last year, and he lost.
1: He did. He did. And uh, you know, we don't. You're right. We don't hear those stories a whole lot. And the you know, as far as being made public, and uh, like to your point, I don't think you'd be mad at either side. I think now we can all sit here and laugh at Baker Mayfield. Like, Go, oh, he turned down thirty million. That's ridiculous. Like, how could he do that? But at the same time, I want to go, well, the, the current market for NFL quarterbacks and some of the names that he would say, wait, they're making more than $30 million. I think I'm better than that guy, AKA Jared Goff, and some other names that are on there. Then I could see him looking at that going, well, well that, that's low. Representation saying that's low, too. You know, look where the market's going. Look where we are now. So, you know, it's easy to laugh here sitting in, you know, the end of March, but I can understand both sides to your point. Hey, wait, we went to the playoffs in twenty twenty. You played phenomenal at the end of the season. Everything was great. And you played great and we were really close to knocking out the Chiefs in Kansas City. You know, you're the number one pick. Hey, here's an offer that, you know, we think's fair, it's good for the team, blah, blah, blah. And Baker Mayfield, I can see looking at it coming off the end of that hot year going, Wait, I'm hot. I've got a I'm feeling good. I'm used to the NFL now. We got a good team. I'm not gonna settle for thirty. And now we're stuck here and Yes, it's a dirty, dirty business. And, you know, sometimes when you bet on yourself, you do get screwed over. I can sit here and, and tell you sometimes you, get, you bet on yourself and you lose an organ and don't get your money. All right. It's just <laughs> the way it goes. Yeah.
0: Uh, 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 but, but I do agree with you. A year ago, I'm trying to think of something appropriate to say and I can't. So I'm just going to move <laughs> good, on. Good. <laughs> I, I, you never want to lose an organ. That's for damn sure. But a year ago, we would have said he's right to not want third. Right. We would right. have said that. Of course, he shouldn't want 30. And I think everything that has transpired between Baker Mayfield and the Browns traces to the fundamental disconnect between what he wanted and what they would have paid. And this is a byproduct of this expanding accordion of quarterback market where it's broader than it's ever been. And it's more and more difficult to find a spot where. The team and the player agree that's the value. That's exactly what's going on between yeah. the Cardinals and Kyler Murray right, right. now. Right. That's the root of their problem. Right. Hey, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. We're, we're, we're going to give you a second contract. And wait until you see what, what it is. And then you find out what it is and you say, well, gee, thanks for your willingness to sign me to a new contract that is far below what my value would be elsewhere. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate being lowballed by you. Now cram it up your butt sideways. I mean, that. so that's that introduces a new dynamic it does. to these relationships. It does. Because, you know, it, it, not long ago it was, all right, let's see, you're a quarterback, you're up for a new contract. Are you good or are you bad? Oh, you're good, all right, you're the highest-paid player in NFL history that's by right. a half million a year. Right. Next guy up for a contract, are you good or are you bad? Oh, you're good. You're the highest paid player in NFL history. Now, now it's it's like throwing a dart. It's it, it's a giant dartboard as to what the right value is. I think that's where it went off the rails. Yes. for Mayfield and the Browns and it forced him to bet on himself. Yeah. And the Browns won that bet, although, you know, the, the, kinda... congratulations, Browns. You've got a gigantic PR problem. You have a quarterback <laughs> you're going to pay $230 yeah. million over the next five years. And you can't wait for the future to arrive soon enough so you win some games. And people quit criticizing you for doing it. Well done. Well done <laughs> right. and, but, the guy,
1: and the guy might be suspended. And you have to trade a quarterback that you might have to pay $18 million. Yeah. I know. Yes. And, 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 and you know, I, I think we, we kind of hit it all there, I think, really, when you look at it that way. There, it's an interesting time in our league right now with the quarterback situation. There is, it seems like we're getting into a. There's going to be a tiered class, which there, there probably should be. Like we've talked about for a long time too. I mean, I know we were at the forefront when that was going on. Next guy up, highest paid player ever, highest paid. We rose. Oh, on, I used why? To piss you what? Off. What? What are you talking about? Why? Why? Who said you had to make him the highest paid player when he's the tenth best quarterback? I don't understand that. So. Yeah, this is going to be kind of the dance of this situation and figuring out where some of these guys fit. Uh, And Cleveland, yeah, they got a little bit of an issue on their hand. And Joe Thomas, to your point too, Mike, I just want to hit on that. I mean, come on. Is there an ex-player that's more connected (laughs) with a team than Joe Thomas? So, I mean, again, whether it was offered or talked about, I don't think he's far off probably with his
0: knowledge of the situation here. The challenge, though, is as we get into these tiers, the team has to convince the quarterback he's tier two when he thinks he's tier one. Yeah, right. That's the problem. Right. And good luck. Good luck, teams. Good luck, players. And we're going to see a lot of these divorces because of it, because the player isn't going to want to admit he's not as good as he thinks he is. And the team sometimes isn't going to want to admit or regard a guy as being better than what their contract would suggest. So it's going to it's going to happen more often because you got guys who are supremely confident bordering on delusional. Yeah. Right. And they're there and they're working and it's going okay and you're telling me you're not going to pay me 40 45 million dollars a year when this guy gets it it's it's just a it's a bad situation. Um, that's a complicated scenario. Here's a simpler one. Here's a very simple Is it? The 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think ultimately it is because yeah. you know what? I was talking to some people over the weekend about it because Mayfield and Garoppolo are the talk of the league right now as it relates to quarterbacks. After all the other stuff's done, it's like, what's going to happen with these guys? Yep. With and, and maybe at the end of the day, the answer is just as simple. I think they're going to have to cut him. They're going to have to cut him. He got that surgery on his shoulder, throwing shoulder. Team didn't even know what was going on. Right. That puts a, a negative light on totally. all of These talks who's going to trade for him. Nobody's going to trade for him. Nobody's going to give up anything of value. Nobody's going to take on a $25 million salary. He's in no position to agree to take less just like Mayfield. Why cooperate? Cut me and I'll go pick my next team. Why do I want to go to a team that had to give up a second round pick or whatever it is. The 49ers are currently looking for, for me. They're going to realize at some point, their only play is to cut him unless they're willing to hang around, keep him on the roster and do what the Browns may end up doing. Wait to see if someone else's quarterback situation blows up in their face and the guy gets injured or, or whatever. Guy retires unexpectedly, whatever right. it may be, and an urgent need develops for a quarterback between now and week one. That may be all the 49ers can do at this point. While they do it, they got $25 million in cap space that they otherwise could be spending on guys like Debo Samuel that, and Bosa. That's, that's, to me,
1: that's the, the other part of it exactly, right, that I think puts pressure on the situation. Because uh, you're, you're getting it's, – it's re-up time. I mean, I mean, of course it is. Debo's looking at these contracts, going, "Wait, did you guys watch the uh, you guys watch the divisional <laughs> game and the championship game? Right? I, I was the guy that was uh, running around everywhere, not Devonte Adams. You know, he's going to go away. Hey, I'm the stud around here. What the hell are we talking about? Right? I mean, he's he's a special football player. He's going to go. I well, did you watch the championship games? I was I was you know better than Tyree Kill that day. I was scoring touchdowns against the Rams. So they they got issues there. And I'm with you, Mike. I mean. Uh, the, to me, it almost seems inevitable. I don't see how anybody trades for him. And and, and this is something I know from the get-go. Uh, I was kind of bringing out, like, not a good look. I mean, okay, we're going to trade for a guy that, you know, of course has a few question marks as a player, but wait, he can't practice maybe till you know, the end of July or August, if that. And, you know, maybe we're hoping it'll be 100% or is it going to be like limited reps? That's not going to fancy teams, let alone – the price tag, let alone some of the film they're going to watch. I mean, the, the, again, this is, you know, a guy that I look at, they just go, it's it's a below average NFL starting quarterback who was on a great team that I think it was, you know, fooling some people at times there. But I think at the end of the day, I'm with you there. And, you know, one thing we talked about too with the surgery, that did, it, it, from the start, I, I was trying to tell people, it brought power back to Jimmy Garoppolo, really. I mean, it was. It was an fu to the organization. It was a little bit like, no, I'm going to go at my own pace here, and I'm going to figure it out myself. And, you know, when you guys talk trade or all that, I'm going to have something to say about where I am, where I want to play. It's It's got some similarities to that Baker Mayfield situation we were just talking about.
0: No one's touching a non-guaranteed $25 million, which will be guaranteed as of week one, $25 million cap charge, million salary charge onto the books for a guy who had his throwing shoulder operated on, on his own. Who knows when he's going to be ready? Yeah. No one's touching that contract. And as long as Jimmy says, I'm not extending, I'm not restructuring, I'm not doing anything. You're taking my full salary and all the other pieces of compensation I'm due to make, it adds up to more than 25 million. And you got to, you got to do that. I'm not, I'm not doing a thing. I'm not lifting a finger. I don't have to. Because, look, whatever someone's going to try to squeeze him to take as part of a trade, that's going to be available to him on the open market. And probably more will be available to him on the open market because if a team is actually giving the 49ers a draft pick and saying we want you to take $12 million a year, you take the draft pick off the table, maybe he gets $14 million a year. Because teams always look at both sides of that. How much do we have to pay and how much do we have to give up? And the less we have to give up, the more we're willing to pay. So there's no reason for Jimmy Garoppolo to cooperate. There's no reason. It's just like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You guys have been screwing me around, and now I get a chance where I have power, and you yeah. want me to do you a solid? Right. Kiss my ass. Yeah. That's what they both need to be saying to their teams right now. And I know, too, like, well, how dare they? Well, that's because you do the same thing. Yeah. The teams always do what's in the best interest of the team, and we say, hey, well done. You're operating in the best interest of the team. And it's okay for the players to say, we're operating in our best interest, and our best interests are to agree to nothing and tell you, just cut us.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's right. I mean, hey, business is business. And this is one of the avenues of uh, business that the player can take here to, to strengthen his position. And baseline, Mike, back to like the Baker Mayfield conversation, it just goes, oh, who's going to trade for ba- Jimmy Garoppolo, really, anyways, right now? Who's going to trade? Like let's let's break down the teams again. Atlanta? Do we
0: really think they're gonna, you know, do this not right 25 now? Twenty five million? No. Not when they got forty on the books for Matt Ryan. Exactly. Twenty five on the books for Jimmy G. There's prior knowledge and history between
1: Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota. Mariota has talent, you know. So that I, I don't think they're gonna go. Oh my gosh, we gotta have Jimmy G over Mariota. We gotta get him down here. He's gonna change the organization. That's not gonna happen. You know, Houston, that's another team. All right, we'll throw it out there. Of course, there's the connection there. Nick Casario, all those New England people. Maybe that's one that can happen. Certainly, okay, I'll throw that out as a possibility. Panthers, I look at Mike. I don't know. It's got the same feel as Baker Mayfield. Like, hey, we'll we'll try another team's you know the quarterback that they over you know threw overboard, and we'll we'll try to make it work here. I don't I don't see that. Exciting the fan base in Carolina, or them doing that either. I don't expect that. And then you got Seattle, who's in the division, and I don't know. He doesn't have the. He hasn't played the greatest against Seattle. Seattle's probably like, no thanks. We don't need him necessarily. (laughs) So I I feel like there's limited options out there here for Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: And 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 that's a conversation that we could have when he's cut. Yeah, it's it's. As we're thinking about it and talking about it, it's like none of these teams are going to give the guy $25 no. million and give the 49ers no what they want for him. It's not going to happen. Indianapolis was their best shot until Matt Ryan falls out of the sky and lands in Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts were a possibility because he was the anti-Carson Wentz from a personality and coachability standpoint. I mean, talent-wise, I don't know. We still, You and I still both think Car- yeah, Carson Wentz Carson has more raw town. talent. Right. But I think, I think Jimmy G... I, I see, and this is the other problem for the 49ers, Chris. You get ego involved in this. I think maybe they overplayed their hand when they could have traded into the Colts. Won a little too much. Yeah, maybe. a little I mean, too hard. Right. And then they get Matt Ryan, and you're like, oh, we could have had. You know, I heard they were telling people they got two second-round picks. No, and that's, and every, yeah. and the, the, then that's Beth Puffery. Hey, we got two. Well, we take it then. Just take it. You yeah, get that's two right. second-round picks with Jimmy G. Take saying. it. Right. They, if they could have gotten one, they should have taken it. And and uh, you know maybe they were saying they got two, so the Colts would give them one. I don't know, but I think they had a window with the Colts, and that window shattered when Matt Ryan became available. And now the 49ers have nothing. So the question is, so the question is, yeah, how far will the organization go to avoid having to admit that they blew it? That, that, how far? How, now let me, let's let's. I don't know. You sure. know, John Lynch is the GM. How far will John Lynch go? And I know Kyle Shanahan's got a lot of say over this, but yeah. how far will they go together to cover up that they blew it? Would they actually keep him? Would they actually keep him on the roster at twenty-five million for this year? No. And let him compete and play just to cover up that they blew it and they could have traded. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, it is you know
1: it does have the, the makings of not looking good on both of them certainly, but. You know, what I would say, too, is, like, is it a cover-up or is it a cover-up? I don't really know. Again, I, I know, yes, a little bit that Indy and Sam Fran, there were some talks there. I had been led to believe that Indy never got real serious about pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo. But, like you said... If Matt Ryan doesn't hit them in the face here, who knows how serious that gets as they go and they start to go, damn, we are desperate. We got no other options. So that certainly made a lot of sense and had to have thrown a wrench into the 49ers game plan. But I will also say, too, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that the the two second round pick thing. I haven't. No, No, no. Right. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not saying that they had two second round picks, but I'm saying they're telling people they I get. know they are. That's what I mean. And I'm just saying, I, I, I got you. I, I have a hard time, yeah. you know, that, that sounds like, se- you know, propaganda or that they're selling that. Because to, to, to your point, again, I think anybody that would be like looking at the market right now and just, you know, paying attention to the league as a whole would go, wait, you got two second round for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're crazy. You signed the deal, right? It's over. He traded them already, right? Wait, what? You think you're going to get better? That's insane to me. So I, I, I can't imagine that that was sitting there available to them and they didn't make that move. I, 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 they're smarter than that, I guess is what I'm trying to say, or at least I think they well, are.
0: I don't think they ever had that again. That was an effort to get something and offload this contract. And think about how much the football world has changed in the last three weeks. (laughs) Three weeks ago today, we didn't know Aaron Rodgers was staying with the Packers. We didn't know Tom Brady was unretiring and staying in Tampa Bay. We didn't know Russell Wilson was going to be a member of the Denver Broncos. We didn't know Deshaun Watson was going to be traded to the Cleveland fricking Browns for crying out loud. I mean, who saw any of this coming? Matt Ryan going to the Colts. So three weeks ago, you know, you look at, the quarterback carousel and the 49ers could could be feeling pretty confident about where they were right. and what they were going to get. Yep. And now all this other stuff happens. I mean, you know, Garoppolo would have been play for the Buccaneers, potentially. We're going to talk more about that later in the program. I mean, there's all sorts of places he could have gone. But once these dominoes start falling, Mayfield and Garoppolo are the two pieces of cheese standing alone, and and it's it's their team's that are the ones who are in the wilderness here because yeah, they would love to be able to get value. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'll say it now, I think both guys, barring some sort of a freak accident with a quarterback who's starting for some other team and it creates an urgent need to go get one of these guys, they're both getting cut.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're both getting cut. That's what they want. They have. They both have the power in this situation Ultimately, like you said last week, the no trade clause at the quarterback position, especially is an overrated clause. I mean, if a team wants to trade for a quarterback to make them a starter and the quarterback tells the agent, hey, I don't want to play for that team. Tell them they're going to go, okay, and they're going to hang up the phone and not try to trade for you. Nobody wants a quarterback that doesn't want to play for them starting for their football team. So that that at the very least is where they have the power. Let alone there's a lot of other circumstances uh, that are in play here as well. So I'm with you, Mike. Hundred percent get cut. And if you made me look at it, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield ends up in Seattle. If you had to bet money, where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up at? I'm going to say he Houston ends up, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, right. Makes right. sense. That would be my. I'm with you there. That would be my two. My two picks. If I had to throw down some cash here on March 28th.
0: And he's good enough to take a four win team and make him into an eight or nine win team. Sure. He's good enough to do that. He's just not going to get you over the hump unless you've got the 85 Bears defense uh, (laughs) and uh, Jim Brown in his prime, you know, and and all sorts of other bells and whistles around him. And and he doesn't get injured all year. Other than that, you you know, you're good to go. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy's going to slap me. Jimmy. I hope so. I hope he closes it
1: and just makes it a fist, though. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, um, and I'm, you know what? If you're gonna do, let's just end the yeah. segment on this point. If you're gonna do that whole thing in your Will Smith, why, why, why don't you just curl up your fist? What do you mean? Did why don't you? Why? You go? Well, I, he looked like he it punched him. It was open him. hand. It was open I hand was open for hand. sure.
1: Yeah. I thought it was closed hand. Can we go back to the videotape there, Courtney or Kristen? Can we see it one more time on the way out? You know, so just so we can see. I thought it was a closed hand. You know, I did, you know, watching it live, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's it is. open hand. It you, was a quick was open, open hand? hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Look oh, at that my god! He practiced that strut in front of the mirror at the hotel for two hours. <laughs> so there. There. Here's how yeah. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh! Let's take a break. Boom. Let's take a break. <laughs> Cut the audio. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after Bucky this. the Oscars all <laughs> over again.
2: <laughs>
0: Matt LaFleur, Packers coach, talking about the trade of Devontae Adams to NFL media, said, Matt LaFleur, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions. Certainly appreciate everything Devontae brought to our team. I mean, he's the best receiver in the NFL, so that was a tough one for me personally and for our organization. Certainly he's a guy that's going to be tough to replace. Yada, yada, yada. You never want to let great players like that walk away from the team. Okay, fine. I get it. So why'd you do it? I mean, of course that's what you're going to say. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Why didn't, why didn't you offer him the money five months ago? How did we get to this point? I Look, here. here's the problem. We're going to get a lot of the pre-planned canned BS from coaches yeah. who were involved in some of these moves. I want to drill down a little bit. Like, wh- wh- how could this have been avoided? Why wasn't it avoided? Right. I don't think we're going to get that kind of candor from Matt LaFleur. But no. I'd love to hear it. No, Could it have been avoided? Where's Goody Coons? Could well, it have been avoided? That, that's What's where, your regret here? Right. Do you have regrets? Yeah, you know,
1: I'm with you. I mean, that that, that to me though, it goes to the to the second name you said there. You know, again, this is different than the 49ers, where we can look at Kyle Shanahan and go, no, no, he has full power. It's he's the GM. He's running the show there, so that's understandable. Lafleur, we know, is not. This is not. This is not his department. You know, contract negotiations, get that started in the middle of the year, sign them up now, guys, do all that. You know, I'm sure there's conversations and they talk there, but that's not his department of business. He just coaches the football team. You know, as we've seen, I mean, as we know, they freaking tried to trade up and get a quarterback without telling their head coach. I mean, it caught him by surprise, too, by all due accounts. Anybody you listen to in the NFL. You know, maybe he knew a few minutes before they actually made the pick, but it was all news, news like to him when that was going down. So I think that says something to it. And I think, Mike, you've been saying this since last week. That's really the million-dollar question: is just like, why, why didn't you offer him this kind of deal in, in October and just get it done with? You know, you probably could have offered him less money than this and got it done, and he would have said yes. So that that's where I don't get, and that's where you know, again, we're questioning Green Bay's business style for another off season here. It just doesn't make sense all the time.
0: Especially when Aaron Rodgers was very carefully persuaded to come back. And now his top weapon is gone. He said himself, I don't want to be part of a rebuilding effort. And look at his receiving core. Marquez Valdez, Stantling gone. Why didn't you sign him? Before, I don't get that either. Adams. I'm curious right. about that. Right. Buy low, sell high. Right. Get him while you can. That's all they got left right now. It changes every show because another guy gets removed from the list. Right.
1: I mean, it, it is. Alan Lazard is clearly their best receiver. Randall Cobb. I mean, it's 375 yards of receiving. Five touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, great. Hurt for a number but of games. But he's buddies with Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. That's all that matters. I mean, it's just insane, though. I mean, yes. And and then here we are, Green Bay. Maybe, maybe they can draft some receivers. It's certainly a good class. There will be the plenty available there at the end of the first round. I know that as I've been studying them all last week, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to replace Devontae Adams. We talked about this last week. It's a little special niche they had with him and the relationship Rodgers and them had. So much of their offense is predicated on that connection. That's where I do. I look at it differently and just go, "Man, Green Bay, it's great. They're a good football team. They're a nice playoff contender this year. They are officially out of the Super Bowl contention
0: with no Devontae Adams out of it. No way." Here's what's amazing to me too. I saw over the weekend some talk that maybe the Packers are going to get involved and make a play for DK Metcalf. Why? Why would they? Why they made no effort to get Tyreek Hill? They ultimately failed to keep Devontae Adams. Why in the world? Would they try to get D.K. Metcalf knowing that he's going to want to be paid as much Nacure, as Tyreek right? Hill and Devontae right. Adams? Right. You could have just kept Devontae Adams. I, I, I don't you, you could, it, I know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. It makes no sense at all. No, it makes um, no
1: sense. And then Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling thing, I think you look at that and just go, wait, I don't get that either. You don't got that much talent on your roster. Uh, not that he's like a superstar number one, but he's a... You know, scary number two, number three receiver who can fly. He's 6'4 and runs 4'3. There's not a lot of those guys out in the NFL there. So he's out the door, too. I mean, it's just, yeah, I I just, it's a head scratcher to me with with the way they approach things up there in Green Bay.
0: Peter King in Football Morning in America tries to reconcile the Juju Smith Schuster contract with the Marquez Valdez Scantling contract. And I still haven't seen the details on Scantling, so there's a chance there's some BS baked into it, but it looks on the surface to be a much better deal than Juju's and why? Well, because yeah, say it, Scantling was caught in a tug of war between the chiefs and the Packers. Sure. I mean, it's you know, Juju. And again, I know all's fair, but you know, damn well, the chiefs had a pretty good idea. They were going to trade Tyree kill when they got Juju Smith Schuster, yeah. a base salary of 3.25 million if Juju knows Hill's out the door, he puts his thumb on the scale. It's good business. Yeah. So, I, you know, that that's why the Packers should have gotten MVS done before Adams was traded. And uh, that's why he's getting the deal that he got, because the Packers needed him. The Chiefs needed him. He was in a great spot, and he maximized his return. Good for him. He did. It did, exactly. And, and you know, you you talked about this last
1: week a little bit, too, with, like, Juju Smith-Schuster, how he's a, he's a number two or a number three receiver, and that really came to light when Antonio Brown was off the roster. He was a different player when Antonio was there, and we saw, oh, wait, now the spotlight's on you, and he wasn't that guy. He's uh, a really good football player, Juju Smith-Schuster. Does everything good. But, you know, to something you're talking about and kind of button this up – Marquez Valdez Scanling has something he does at an elite level. It, it's rare and, and you're kind of playing for you're paying for potential too. You know again, a guy that's that height and can run like that, there's just not that many of them out there in the NFL. So there is a little bit more of a markup price tag there for that. Because of, and again, I think then you add on to what you're talking about. It's Green Bay, it's Kansas City, and a little bit of a bidding war that helps him out. So I think between that and the fact that it's a guy that, you know, has got three rockets up his butt and can fly, and then, of course, is big too, you know, that adds to his price tag over a guy like Juju, where it's like, hey, we kind of know what he is. He's good at everything, but not
0: great at anything. But why did it never become. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Why I know. did the potential never become the production in four years in Green Bay? Yeah, it, that's it, what I'm confused it, right.
1: about. Right. It's close. It seemed like it was close, you know, to to getting there at times this year. It was. He kind of got injured and banged up when he was kind of getting hot and getting a part of the offense. Uh, he, he can drop the ball at times. That can be a little bit of an issue, too. But I think he was kind of just kind of finding his groove here. And I think that's kind of what Kansas City's paying for, is a guy that they think, like, Okay, wait. We we think he just got over the hump and now is going to be a, become a football player and and have a real, you know, part in this offense. But yeah, I think, you know, those question, that question you have, Mike, is real. You, he is maybe a little bit of a straight liner, a little bit of like, hey, that's that's what he does. You're not going to have him run underneath routes or some of those intricate detail things. That's not his game. So, you know, again, maybe that's why he fits better in Kansas City than you know green bay where it's route running and read this coverage and do the route this way off this coverage and if it's that coverage run it this way whereas we talk about kansas city it's just like hey fly to that back corner 70 yards over there and he'll throw it to you and then the next play fly over there to that big fat coach over in the red mustache and that's we'll throw it to you over there somewhere and that's the difference in their offense and he fits that style more certainly
0: when you look at his four years of statistics with the Green Bay Packers, there's one number that really stands out among the others, and it, it, it is his average, average right. per reception right. in 2020, 20.9 yards per catch. It's explosive. In 2020. Yeah. You know, you got people saying, oh, the Chiefs offense is going to be very different. They're not going to uh, – got a guy that runs a 4-3 that's that yeah. size and he averaged 20.9 yards per catch in 2020. I think that's what sold – the Chiefs on Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year. He, he missed six games due to injury, and uh, he, he still averaged 16.5 yards per catch, yeah. but he, he, you know, he wasn't himself like he was the prior year. Hey, I, I, it dawned on me on Friday's PFT Live, you know, when you were in your hammock with your mismatched head and feet, your yeah. feet are My daddy's your cigar. not, and you got yeah. your pina colada and your, and your blunt. Um, <laughs> I, I, know, I know what the Packers should do. They won't do it, but I know what they should do. I know who they should trade for. Who's that? Chase Claypool.
1: Oh, I, you know what? I think I saw you write a, an article right over the weekend or something about you. I may have mentioned you that mentioned a guy Chase that, Claypool, you know, disgruntled yes. guy somewhere else. Right. but
0: um, you think he's going to be happy with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback? Are you kidding me?
1: No, I mean, you know, yeah, it could be a, it could be a different year, certainly, but P- Pittsburgh ain't going to let him out the, out of there easily. I mean, that, that's a freaky guy. Like you've talked, we've talked about, he's got superstar potential for sure. Uh, I'm sure they want to keep him for the next quarterback, too. And, of course, he'll make life easier on Mitchell Trubisky. But I know what you meant by that scenario, that kind of receiver, that kind of situation. Maybe they, they could trade for it.
0: I remember last year one of the folks who covered the Steelers, I think it was Jerry Dulack of the Post-Gazette, said something along the lines of Clay, Chase Claypool exhibiting some diva tendencies already. And remember the, the goofy – First down celebration that derailed their effort against the late Vikings. in that Thursday night yeah. game against the Vikings and, and, and we've seen how Mike Tomlin can manage difficult personalities and the, the different things he does. If they're if they're looking at the writing on the wall, we see what's happened with the receiver market, with Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, we see where the numbers are going. We know how good they are at finding young receivers in the draft. Yeah. I mean they, they, they had figured it out before anyone else that you can get a lot of guys in the draft and not have to pay them a lot of money. I mean, if the, if the Packers uh, want to make them a strong offer for chase Claypool, I, you know, yeah, maybe you huff and puff about it, but at the end of the day, you, you move on. And from the Packers standpoint, it's great. Cause they, they can't give him a contract until after this year. Yeah. Right. Right. He can't have a contract until he finishes the third regular season. So you don't, you're not going to get You're going to get your year with Aaron Rodgers. You go all in, and you worry about Chase Claypool's contract next year. But at least for now, you've filled that need with something other than a rookie that you're rolling the dice on. Because even though we got plenty of great receivers that are coming to the NFL every year, some of them still end up not being very good. That's right. That's right. They're taking a hell of a risk that they're going to draft a guy who Aaron Rodgers says, where the, where the hell did you find this guy? Yeah, uh, agreed. It's still a
1: roll of the dice. Roll of the dice, let alone, we know Rodgers is – you know, it doesn't, it's not easy getting in the trust tree with him or the circle of trust and, and, and having him comfortable to, you know, feel, okay, I can depend on this guy. He's going to run the right route and sit in the right part of the zone coverage and all that. We know that you don't earn that trust easily from Rodgers. That's where, you know, it's a huge move. Uh, for their football team, the the fact that they lost Devontae Adams and yeah, even though you said it, Mike, there's some good rookies here. They're not going to fill Devonte Adams' shoes in year one and and be able to do some of the intricate things Rodgers would expect of Adams to do, you know, on a down by down basis.
0: All right, um, Nathaniel Hackett, former Packers offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. He has Russell Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers, as his quarterback. Here is Hackett from yesterday at the league meetings, talking about building the offense around their new franchise quarterback. The first part is just about evaluating what I've seen on tape with him and I've watched and gone against him so many different times. Um, and understanding that's going to be something that's going to come up and we're going to talk about and we're going to be sure that we have in the system. And then kind of think of the things that I've done in the past um, with all the different guys I've been around and coached and um, realize you can now kind of experiment and do some of those things too. And then it's about the two of us just kind of making it the Bronco offense and everybody kind of joining in and doing all those different things. So with a guy like Russell, we can do a lot. Hey, look, this gets back to why things – went sideways for russell wilson and the seahawks he this is what he's wanted yeah you've never he heard these the comments in seattle right <laughs> yeah. for him right. right it's not we're going to run the ball we're going to play defense and we're going to try to score more points than the other team it's we are going to do what russell wilson wants to do we're going to crap we're going to let russ cook we're going to let russ cook and we're going to come up with a recipe so he's able to cook all year long not just for the first half of the season until they figure out what we're doing and crack the code for the second half. We're actually going to, we're actually going to, where it's going to be a full season effort to let Russ cook. That's what he's wanted. That's why he's not in Seattle because it got to a point where it wasn't sustainable to keep paying him franchise quarterback money if they're not going to use him like a franchise quarterback. It's clear that's what Nathaniel Hackett's going to try to do. Yeah. And it's going to be fascinating to see if it works. Right. Because that's the thing. Russ, you finally got what you wanted. Now we got to see if it works.
1: Yeah. No, it, it is going to be fascinating. I I, I would, be shocked if Russell's not help, happy. Uh, like as far as again, I'm not saying I don't know how good this team will be. We'll see how good Nathaniel Hackett is as a head coach. You know, I have some some high expectations. But one thing I will say is I will be shocked if he doesn't make Russell Wilson happy. This is right up Nathaniel Hackett's, you know, wheelhouse here. This is where he is special and kind of you know, becomes beloved by the quarterback. His father had the same Midas touch here where, you know, they really, hey, wait, this is you as a player. This is who you are. Okay, wait, I see your skill set. Hey, we'll talk about your skill set. Hey, how do you feel about this play and that play and this play? Okay, you like this. Okay, great, great. I'll find more ways to do this type of play. Cool, cool. All right, and he'll do that. And then as he gets them comfortable there, I'll start to push it. You know, I think you're capable of doing this too. You know, this might be the next phase. Do that. This is where I think, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's going to shine and building an offense with, with Russell Wilson. He's got some creativity. He's got a great way with people. And. This is part of his magic is, you know, making the quarterback like he did with Rodgers, feel comfortable, really get all the details on the offense all on the same page between the receivers and the quarterbacks. And there's no gray area. We all know what you know the rules are to every play. Uh, I think that's where Hackett will thrive. And I think he's going to make Russell Wilson
0: very happy from that standpoint, Mike. Meanwhile, I don't think we've talked about this, yeah. but there was video making the rounds last week of Russell Wilson in his Broncos helmet with his guys, throwing them passes, getting them together already. It's still March, and he's got them together, getting to know them, throwing the ball, getting comfortable, You know, putting in the work yep. at a time when they're not allowed to put in the work together at the facility, but they can work wherever they want to work. So it's, it's going to be a, a different vibe in Denver, and it's going to be a different experience for Russell Wilson, and we'll see if he can be that. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen type of a figure in an offense. It's something he has craved. Now he gets his chance to do it. Yeah, he does.
1: I'm excited to see it, too, especially, you know, again, we've talked about at the trade time. There's there's some talent there. They got some receivers that are scary. They do. The offensive line's pretty damn good. Young running back. I mean, they got, a, they got pieces there where you go, uh, I don't know how good the team will be or wins or losses, but they ser- certainly should be exciting with Russell Wilson dropping back, Throwing to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. I mean, really, they got some guys that can really stretch the field and do some special things. And that's where I think Bronco fans will be excited to watch them this year.
0: And and run to set up. No, Pat. No, uh, Seattle run to set up the pass. Denver maybe pass set up the run. Devontae Williams start gashing guys when the defense is obsessed with getting burned by Russell Wilson and those receivers. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return. On April 8th, the Brian Flores lawsuit will officially be amended. I've picked up some information about some of the stuff that will be in the amended Brian Flores lawsuit. you hear about it here on PFT Live right after this.